Hi, I'm Larry Gifford. I have Parkinson's disease. This is when life gives you Parkinson's. Joining me on the podcast journey is my wife and partner in Parkinson's, Rebecca Gifford. Hello. It's good to be back on the podcast. It is a pleasure, as always. We had a little break, but we're glad to be back today because we are continuing our series of podcasts devoted to Parkinson's advocacy and how to put your personal superpowers into action. Yes, I believe everyone has a superpower. It's the thing that comes natural to you. It's what you're good at while others may struggle with it. This is, in fact, your in to advocacy. This is your superpower to advocacy. Whether it's bicycling, writing, organizing things, or motivating others to do more than they ever thought possible, the stories we're going to share over the course of the next four episodes are just a taste of the superpowers you can find in this amazing Parkinson's community. Today, the team behind the Spinning Wheels Tour. Two men with Parkinson's on bicycles, a third man riding shotgun with his wife in the RV behind them as the foursome winds its way across Canada from Victoria, BC to St. John's, Newfoundland. Before we introduce you officially, Let's take a listen to day three of their cross-country adventure as they cycled past a Soyuz. Hey everyone. So I've been climbing this, uh, I don't know, mountain. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's still going. Uh, again, I'm hurting. You know, gotta be getting close. Ah, sorry, that's my foot. Oh. Ah. Ah. Six thousand eight hundred and eighteen kilometers, oh. or four thousand two hundred and thirty-six miles. I wouldn't do either of those. Either way, it's a lot of distance. If they were flying, it would take 7 hours and 25 minutes. That's not including layovers. If they were driving nonstop, it would take 77 hours. And they hope to complete the challenge in three months. Man, let's bring them on. Our guests today are the cyclists, Jim Redmond and Steve Eisman. Jim was on the podcast in season one. He is from Ottawa. Diagnosed in 2014 at the age of 48, Steve went into hiding for five years, having lost the ability to do two things he loved, cycling and skiing. After much therapy, he's now able to do both. Three years ago, he co-founded The Rigid Riders, a Greater Toronto Area Parkinson's Cycling Club. Two other instrumental people on this journey are Mike Logren, who was diagnosed with Parkinson's just before his 50th birthday, and his wife and partner in Parkinson's, Darlene Richards Logren. Darlene is behind the wheel of the RV, which they've named Wanda. She, she, I love when people name vehicles. <laughs> I know. They deserve it. Yes. They work hard. Right. She's the one person of the foursome who does not have Parkinson's. Larry caught up with the group on day two of the Spinning Wheels tour. Wanda, the RV, was parked in slot 35 of the Capilano River RV Park in West Vancouver. Steve and Jim joined Larry at a picnic table under the RV retractable canopy. Larry poses his first question to Jim. How did you get this hair-brained idea? You know what? Um, it, <laughs> it was actually my idea. I'm to blame uh, for it because it was just something I, 
I wanted to do. I thought, you know what, uh, I think I can do it. Maybe uh, somebody with Parkinson's will uh, look at, you know, a schmuck like me uh, saying, hey, if that guy can do it, I mean, look at him, I can do it as well. And so my wife was saying, you know what, you should give Steve a call. I bet you he would go with you. And so I emailed Steve. Yeah. Let, me, let me explain the, 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 the sequence from here. Okay, yeah, yeah, uh, go right ahead. Yeah. So so uh, uh, Jim's, Jim starts with this idea, approaches me. Uh, I um, lunk-headedly immediately say yes. <laughs> uh, Jim and I share a, a, um, a fallibility, which is that Parkinson seems to have robbed us of our executive function. Sure. Uh, and we're terrible organizers. Uh, Mike is a great organizer, so uh, uh, we knew what we had to do. We had to involve a professional, so we went uh, and uh, uh, talked with Mike, and he laughed at us. He thought it was a ridiculous idea, and he laughed so hard and so long that he took it home and laughed it off to his wife, who said, I'm going to make this happen. Nice. Yep. And and they did. And and really, uh, you know what? If not for Mike and Darlene, we, this wouldn't be happening. I know a lot of other people came in and are supporting us and are continuing to support us. But those two, uh, they're the reason we're here. And uh, we, you know, we're going to bug them along the way. But we are eternally grateful for you guys to making this happen. Well, it takes a team. Absolutely, a community, right? Yeah. yeah, it really does. Just like you have a, a, a medical team, hopefully, uh, at your back, right? So your, your neurologist, your family doctor, your physiotherapist, your psychologist, uh, you know, or sometimes massage therapist. It, it takes everything to try to live as well as you can with this. And for us to do this as well as we can, it needed just more than Steve and I. And True. so we uh, surround yourself, like Steve says, surround yourself with champions. And, uh, and you can't help but succeed. We're surrounding ourselves with champions. There are a few goals for the Spinning Wheels Cross Canada ride. One is to reach out to Canadians with Parkinson's and let them know they aren't alone. Parkinson Canada says 80 to 90% of people with Parkinson's don't exercise or belong to any formal support groups. They want to encourage movement, goal setting, and educating people along the route who don't know anything about Parkinson's. We're also trying to promote the places that take care or offer support for people with Parkinson's. So, you know, here in, in, in British Columbia, where we're, we're partnering with the Parkinson's Wellness Projects in Victoria, right? That's where we, we started off and the Parkinson's Society of British Columbia. You're raising money for the organizations that you're teaming up with across the country. That's right, yeah. And so, uh, you know, we were in the, I've, I've mentioned the ones in BC, we're with the Parkinson's Association of Alberta, we're with U-Turn Parkinson's in Manitoba, we're with Passion for Parkinson's in Ontario, plus there's a, a program at Trent University in Peterborough where they offer cycling classes for people with Parkinson's they need a little bit of funding uh, we're with the Parkinson's Society of Nova Scotia we're with the Parkinson's Society of Newfoundland and Labrador uh, yeah we're in, and we're we're and, active yep and, Parkinson's Canada. and and we're also with Parkinson Canada right and so um, you can you know Parkinson Canada will make sure that the money you know they focus a lot on research and I think they need to right because somebody does yeah. Parkinson's research is so underfunded in this country that you know what I shake because I have Parkinson's but I also shake because I get angry because of the lack of funding oh. and uh, it is it is tragic to me but you know there it's not research it's the balance right it's the between uh, there's there needs to be a cure that we are still taking a pill 
that was made in the 1960s as our main way to try to combat this disease is is tragic to me i know i've said that before but it is uh but you know what there are organizations out there that are making people with parkinson's work right i think you know what if you get diagnosed with parkinson's recently and you come to this broadcast or this podcast you know what you need to get yourself a physiotherapist and you need to get yourself a heart rate monitor and uh, it doesn't matter what you do uh, the physiotherapist will help you stretch and 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 do activities to what happens when you fall down because eventually you're gonna right what happens when you start to freeze because eventually you might uh, what happens with a tremor what happens when you're walking and they'll make your life that much better and uh, and the heart rate monitor because regardless of what activity you do if you can raise your heart rate while you're doing it, the benefits to your Parkinson's symptoms will be noticeable. My heart rate's up right now just talking to you guys. <laughs> another, uh, just to pick up on that, another thing, uh, frankly, that, that you need is to get in contact with uh, 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 rigid riders if you're, if you're in the GTA or, frankly, we're, we're, we're trying to, uh, to uh, uh, grow chapters uh, along the way. Um, and uh, build a... Become part of a society, become part of a, a, a culture uh, that is uh, progressive. Uh, you know, with with Parkinson's, we deal with anxiety, we deal with uh, depression, uh, and exercise and community are, are two of the most valuable tools that, that you'll have to, to deal with these things. And oftentimes they go hand in hand. Yeah, oftentimes they do. And really, it, to spot someone with Parkinson's is actually quite dramatically easy. Uh, because as soon as I got Parkinson's, I went from Jim to, Jim, you look great. Right. <laughs> and so all you need to do is find the really good-looking people in society. Yes. And they're the ones with Parkinson's because everybody with Parkinson's looks great. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you look great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, you should see. I wish you could see what I feel like inside. Yeah, that's right. Or see me first thing in the morning yeah. when I'm shuffling and my uh, my toes are curled and my hands are curled up. And uh, I still look good, yes, but yeah. I, uh, I'm not as smooth. Speaking of, uh, we're in a, an RV. There's, there's six of us in it uh, right now. Um, all these things that you're saying you see in the morning, we see it. Right. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, we see uh, and and we know. And like, how, how do you handle the simultaneous bladder urgency? <laughs> Closest first. <laughs> Hurry up! Uh, that's right. The, I guess the good news about the RV park is that there's uh, you know a washroom down the uh, down the street as well, so that uh, that helps out. But uh, oh yeah, oh it's uh, it's yeah. we're. Um, it is like not just like not just the cycling, but the you know the the you know the 900 kilometers a week, which we're trying to uh, achieve. But uh, the stuff you know inside, right? It is uh, we uh, we are going to become uh, exceptional friends. We're friends yeah. already, but the level of what we are experiencing right now is is um, is so profound. I'm so honored and lucky that they said yes. And that Mike laughed at Steve. 
<laughs> Day two. <laughs> you, you biked how far yesterday? Well, only only thirty three, uh, which is which is not bad. Uh, it's a good. And then you took a ferry. Yeah, That's then we nice took a break. ferry, and now we're on a day off. So our first little <laughs> bit is, is killing uh, our daily average. That's right. Yeah, we're killing our daily average. But yeah, right uh, now the Levadope is winning. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Yes, we have on our website spinningwheelstour.ca. We have a, a dopameter. And uh, we're going to have that go against the money that we are able to raise. We're hoping that the funding clearly outstrips the amount of levodopa that we take. Uh, But the three of us are showing people uh, with this chart just how much medication it takes to get through the day. How do you suppose this will impact your progression? When I was uh, uh, first diagnosed, first, first thing I spent five years in, in hiding, um, uh, consciously uh, telling almost no one, uh, friends or friends or family, and I and I felt I could do it because I I didn't think I was showing. Um, I was wrong, uh, um, and what what eventually what eventually um, uh, uh, brought this all to a to a head was I also didn't think that I was uh, showing in a cognitive uh, sense, but my work product fell off the table. I did not know. I it was I didn't recognize uh, my. I, I just uh, couldn't cope uh, any longer for for all all sorts of uh, reasons. But when I went to see my my uh, uh, neurologist, uh, she said. Um, Tell me a bit about your your life um, uh, before this. And I said, "Well, I'm a I'm an avid skier and I'm an avid cyclist and, and a, a few other things." And she says, "How's it going now?" I said, "Well, they're they're not going so well." Um, she, she says, "Is that Im- is that important to you?" I said, "That would make my life." Uh, she said, "Okay, uh, we're going to get you back there." Uh, and uh, uh, true to her word. Uh, I'm, I'm uh, skiing again. I'm, I'm uh, cycling again. I lost the, the, the both of those abilities, and now that they're back, they are sweet. podcast in year one which was a tremendous uh you know honor actually it was very exciting but since that time you know what i I take a little more medication now and what does that mean that means that um you know what i wasn't on uh levodopa when i I was yeah yeah yeah, right i was crazy yeah right i was only on one i was on a dopamine agonist the new pro patch uh now i take uh four to six you know, level which is still not bad, no, right? That's not bad. And, that, and then uh, I take a, uh, another pill, uh, do that. But I guess I also take uh, antidepressant now, and that is, um, I think, that's one of the more profound um, symptoms that has progressed is that the anxiety, the, the depression, uh, and and I mean it makes sense. You know what? Uh, dopamine is a neurotransmitter to help your muscles move, but it's also something that makes you feel good. Right. Uh, but I also, I think I, and this ride is helping me, and with the support uh, of my wife, uh, and I haven't made it easy on her at all, uh, but it, um, I can be more positive. 
I can, I, I can, right? It's just a reality. And this tour is helping me uh, do that because the feedback we're getting is just phenomenal. I can choose how to react because I'm always in control of that. And, uh, and, and so it's, um, they, our spouses are more than just caregivers, right? That's uh, partners is, is the way I love how you and Rebecca phrase it, right? It's a partnership. And it is for better or for worse. And, and, and um, I lost sight of that. And I let my frustration uh, get uh, the better of me. So I withdrew. And now I'm starting to come back. And uh, That's I, great. Yeah. That's yeah, really good. Yeah. Uh, now, uh, you mentioned to me you listened to the talk that we, Rebecca and I did. How did that help you guys? And so, you know what? Um, uh, my, mar- my marriage is in jeopardy. Right, right now, right, and it is, and it's because I withdrew so much. And I think um, when you and Rebecca were talking about, um, you know what, Rebecca, you didn't sign on for this, and I, you know what, if you want out, like uh, there's no ill feelings, right? And and she said, uh, I did sign on for this, mm-hmm. right? Uh, for uh, you know what, the good times and the bad. Uh, and then when she asked you, are, are you in? And to be honest, at that moment, I, I started crying because I realized that that's what it was. It wasn't that my wife wasn't in. It was that I was starting to not be in because I wanted to feel sorry for myself because I have Parkinson's. We're working on it. We're, we're, we're talking, uh, we are working our way back, and I'm hopeful that you'll join us on the, uh, on the tour when we get to Ontario, but that, that's what it is. It's, it's just like you lose stuff in the beginning and you can get it back. It, that, it's your relationships too, because it wasn't just my marriage that is suffering. The friendships that I established, I cut myself off for from as well and now I'm starting to reach out again. And, uh, and to be honest with you, uh, the talk, those three episodes. If, uh, if listen to them again, if you have listened to them, if you haven't listened to them, uh, wherever you get your podcast, when life gives you Parkinson's, search out at, uh, at the episodes, the talk. It took me a while to start to telling uh, people, um, and I had cultured it like a like a a, a pearl. Uh, and it was a it was a dark brooding um, thought. So that when I was telling people, I was I was uh, unleashing unleashing some, uh, something to them. Uh, and I realized after the fact that I was torturing them. Um, and I I had a, a, a talk with my with my sister, who gave me uh, what I consider to be good advice, which is that. All that people really want to know is that you're okay and that you're not devastated. Uh, so I changed I changed my my approach when I when I started talking about it. And frankly, uh, creating the rigid riders was the thing that brought me out. I I couldn't be effective at, at that and, and still be in in, in hiding. Um, so uh, I would just I would just tell tell people. I, I, um, they'd say, "How's your health?" And rather than that, "Oh, I'm fine," I'd say, "Well, it turns out I have, I have Parkinson's disease, but but uh, 
but I'm managing it, and uh, and and uh, and our conversation goes on to to all the other uh, things going on in our lives. That's great. As you go through your journey here, when you get off your bike, are you taking stock? Uh, so I uh, I have a uh, a book uh, that is is my diary, is my journal. I'm going to that. We're also doing blogs on the website spinningwheelstour.ca. And uh, and for me, I, I actually this blog that we do on a on a daily basis. I actually like to take a lot of care and put put in uh, a lot of detail into it. Um, and uh, it's something I, I you know I, I've done in, on uh, prior trips. I, I look back on them. There I, I sometimes pair them with the with the uh, videos and the and yeah. the, the, the photographs um, and I give it a lot of thought during the day like I said you lose something you love and then you get it back boy do you appreciate every second of it I'm so glad to hear they're journaling and blogging I'm excited about that as you may remember I am a big proponent of this and have kept a journal most of my life it will help them understand and make the most of their inner journey during the trip and then because they're also willing to be vulnerable and share portions of their story, we'll all benefit as well. They're also experiencing the ups and downs of pushing their bodies to the brink. The 142 kilometers from West Vancouver through Burnaby, Surrey, Langley, Abbotsford, and past Chilliwack to Bridal Vale Falls was far from easy. Steve was looking for new body parts, and Jim was caught swearing on video shortly after arriving, writhing on the ground. So we need two hamstrings, uh, one knee. Donations? Donations? Well, I'm videotaping, so now oh, watch I'm, that language. I'm sorry. <laughs> please, please peep over that. Okay, good. Oh, so, uh, yeah, today was a good day. Uh, we made it. <laughs> Looking forward to tomorrow. Now, mind you, this is day two of cycling. These are the rigid riders. Yes, we're the rigid riders. Uh, so Mike and Steve, uh, a few years ago, got. I mean, they and they can talk a little bit better, but I like talking about them. Uh, they got together and did almost the impossible. They got people who have Parkinson's disease, who didn't want to ride bikes, to not only come out and ride bikes, but go further than they ever thought they could, and form a community of support that uh, goes beyond riding bicycles. And so they would come to an event that my wife and I uh, hosted, a three-day pedaling for Parkinson's. And they quickly became the heart and soul of our ride. And everyone wanted to not only see them succeed, but were so happy that they were even trying. It was it, amazing. It was uh, quite a road uh, uh, leading to that. Um, you can uh, The reluctance was so high. Um, uh, virtually every person we, we asked said, I, I couldn't possibly. And they thought about balance and and uh, whether they whether they um uh, whether they had the stamina for it uh, and uh, mike and i uh, just kept saying um look uh, let's think about the things that are holding you back yeah. uh, and then we would go away and we'd we'd figure out a solution around it didn't have a bike or i have nobody to ride with or or i don't know how to get on my bike we spent in exa one example we spent a day with somebody just figuring out how to throw the leg over the bike and then another day figuring out how to lift one foot off on put it on the, the pedal oh. 
and uh, that person, um, albeit on a on a tandem bike, rode forty kilometers that day. Wow! I know it was it was amazing, and I'm going to tell another story. Uh, one of the rigid riders uh, who had problems with balance often had to do a control fall when she was uh when she was stopping her name is karen and, and she's an amazing person and she was talking to my wife and was telling her this and said you know what i know how to stop traffic uh and uh, and she did that when it came to the first rest stop she did a control fall on grass and there were three vehicles passing at the exact same time all three of them slammed on their brakes and ran out to see if they could help her while she was sitting there smiling and looked at my wife and said see i told you i could stop traffic <laughs> When I say uh, surround yourself with champions, it doesn't mean everybody's a home run hitter. It means that they are they are trying their best, really, like like genuinely trying trying their best. Uh, I draw a lot of inspiration from from people that I see doing that, and there's a there's a lot of people in the well, Parkinson's well, community. Well, when you ride a bike, you need a lot of spokes and your tires. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, you don't have it. That spinning a wheel yeah, doesn't right. go by itself. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Well done. <laughs> For those of you, I know we're on, uh, you can't see anything, but Mike is uh, sitting about six feet away from us and he's actually uh, filming this uh, for our purposes. And uh, we're going on for so long that uh, that he's, uh, he's he needs medication. And he's start, his hand is starting to cramp and he's getting the shakes. And uh, and probably somewhere in the background there's a phone with an alarm going yeah. off right now. Right. And uh, and so I've just thought, oh yeah, I have wait, to share wait, that. Let me, let me, you know, uh, uh, Jim and I flew here. Uh, and uh, my my carry-on uh, bag was I, just my medication. I of course didn't want to let it um, right. <laughs> out of out of sight. So it, it was the only thing in the bag. Uh, and three months supply, I can tell you, was genuinely heavy. Oh 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 yeah, <laughs> my, a month is heavy. Yeah, I know, I know. It's uh, we have so many alarms going off <laughs> around here throughout the day just because uh, we're on slightly different schedules and taking slightly different things but uh, yeah there are alarms going off all the time we we have to have so many uh, charging cords to make sure that our phones don't uh, go dead because the alarms will shut off So I noticed this bike ride seems to be sort of an echo of the Terry Fox run. Yeah, I, I thought that too. You know, Terry is a Canadian icon for bringing awareness and funding to the fight against cancer back in 1980. I asked Jim and Steve if Terry was an inspiration for them. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? We were in Victoria yesterday, and before we left, we had to dip our back tires in the ocean. And then there's a sign, a mile zero sign, with a statue of Terry Fox in the background. And so Steve and I actually literally ran across the street at a stoplight 
so that we could get our picture taken nice. there on our bikes. And we were talking about, Darlene and I were talking about maybe just how emotional it's going to be when we go to Thunder Bay and we see that statue. Yeah. And, uh, and then to be able to dip our front tires in the Atlantic Ocean. I imagine there'll be a couple of tears on our face as well. What can you tell people who aren't familiar with Terry Fox's story from around the world that are listening? Who who he was and what he means to Canadians? Oh, ter so Terry Fox um, was a young man uh, who had cancer. This afternoon at 2.45 in St. John's Harbor, Terry Fox dipped his foot into the waters of the Atlantic Ocean. And one morning I woke up and I couldn't get out of bed that day. They told me I had a malignant tumor and that I had to have my leg amputated in four days. And I decided after my year and a half of chemotherapy that I'd try and run across Canada and raise as much money as I could. He decided he wanted to do something called the Marathon of Hope. And he started on the East Coast and dipped his uh, prosthetic leg in the ocean and ran a marathon every single day with one leg, basically. You know, sometimes I have to run in a lot of pain and I get pretty tired. But I don't feel any pain when I get bored like this. You're fabulous, man. Just like, thank you for that. Uh, and he made it as far as just outside Thunder Bay. I had noticed a little bit of hardness in breathing. Near the end of the day, uh, 18 miles, um, I was coughing and choking and had pain in my neck and my chest. And I did three more miles and I, had to, I decided I had to go see the doctor. And I was discovered then that uh, I had primary, originally I had primary cancer in my knee three and a half years ago. And uh, that the cancer had spread. And now I've got cancer in my lungs. And uh, we got to go home and, tr and try and do some more treatment. But, uh, it sparked a movement of giving and hope and determination. All I can say is uh, if there's any way I can get up there again and finish it, I will. And a positivity that, it, like every year um, across Canada, in September normally, every school raises money for cancer research and they call it the uh, the terry fox marathon of hope i've said to people before that i'm going to do my very best to make it i'm not going to give up and that's true but i might not make it and if i don't make it the marathon of hope better continue and every kid walks runs whatever around their schoolyard uh so that they can raise money for people with cancer Terry Fox ultimately raised $24 million by the end of 1980. That's $1 for every Canadian at the time. And today, the Terry Fox Day is observed in 24 different countries. And on the 40th anniversary of the Marathon of Hope, ESPN Films 30 for 30 showcased Terry Fox in a film called Into the Wind. His Marathon of Hope was cut short after 143 days, a total of 3,339 miles, which is, you know, approximately running from Miami to Seattle. Wow. He died on June 28th, 1981, at 22 years old. 41 years from that date, the Spinning Wheels tour left Vancouver across the Lionsgate Bridge and headed to Bridal Veil Falls. So you mentioned earlier that they're blogging and they're journaling, and we have a really unique opportunity here because Mike, who is usually in the RV, 
took off with the guys on bike. Uh, and he was only going to ride like 33 of the miles. You know, just three, 33 miles. <laughs> uh, but he has a particular problem. I was uncomfortable with the height of the bridge. The height of sitting up in the Winnebago and my absolute fear of heights. It played on my mind throughout the day when I found out that the route in the morning would begin by riding over the bridge. The night went well. I was able to grab three to four hours of that deep Parkinson's sleep. You know, the type where one moment your body is dancing on its own, and then your body stops moving as your muscles seize and cramp. I awoke at 5.30 a.m. and sprang from bed with the anticipation of my 15-year-old self heading to school on a Monday morning. I rushed the two-and-a-half-foot distance to the washroom in 27 shuffling steps. Apparently, my body was telling me it was go time. I heard the traffic on the bridge but refused to look at it. This was my day, and I was not going to fail. Our 6.30 start was only off by 30 minutes, which is pretty good for me. With Steve in his usual spot leading and Jim next, I brought up the rear. Whether it's cycling or horse costume, I know my role. Steve was probably halfway across the line before I was even on it. I slipped into a low gear, put my head down and rolled. I got into a rhythm. The bike lanes over the bridge are one way. We climbed. Jim started to pull away. I quickened my face and settled into a chant of, Catch Jim, catch Jim. I ignored the ground and then the water as I recited, Catch Jim, catch Jim. I was gaining, Catch Jim, catch Jim. I was almost three quarters of the way up the bridge, Catch Jim, catch Jim. I was doing it, conquering my fear. What was I so worried about? I believe we can tend to overthink and stress ourselves out, which does not help our Parkinson's. Excuse me, on your left. Reality returned, and I veered to the right. The four-inch gap at the bottom of the rail became four feet. I had to grab the top of the railing, which at other times might be about chest height with me on my bike. Now it seemed I was reaching down to my knees and almost dangling from the bridge. So it seemed. I did some kind of funky chicken dance to get my feet out of the pedals. I was off my bike and freaked out. But I had eluded death and the fall of a thousand kilometers to the watery depths below. You may recall me mentioning that I don't like heights. I was shaken. I was shaking. Keeping calm and rational, I hoped with all my being that the shaking would not be the right frequency to bring the whole bridge down. I stood and tried to calm my nerves. A city bus rumbled by. Not wanting to end in defeat on the bridge, I carefully stretched my leg over the bike seat. Another cyclist passed, clipped in my left foot. I gathered my strength. With a mighty shove, I put all my power into an uphill push to get over the bridge. Unfortunately, all the power I could muster was about the strength of the last three spaghetti noodles soaking in the brackish water at the end of the lunch in the cafeteria. I went nowhere. I got off my bike again and shook some more. Jim, having hit the cyclist go past, thought, it may have startled me. He turned and looked at me and knew he was right. Steve, well, he was nowhere to be seen on the other side of the bridge. Jim returned to me and took my bike and walked to the top. I proceeded up again, visibly shaken with my shuffling short steps in my cleated shoes. By the crest of the bridge, Steve had returned to us. Between Steve and Jim, they were able to extract me from the Lionsgate Bridge without calling for any first responders. Once on solid ground and with Steve already gone again, I advised Jim that I was going to return to the RV. I had already held them up and they still had 148 kilometers to travel today. Jim agreed, although I know both Jim and Steve would forego the task as neither of them are comfortable abandoning riders on the road. I convinced Jim I'd be okay, and off he rode. 
I then sat there to calm my shaking body and freaked out mind. I sat for 15 minutes, assessed the situation, and sat for 15 more. There was no convincing myself that I could walk back, let alone ride across. So I texted the cavalry and was met with silence. Uh-oh. Okay, Mike 3 and Darlene were just packing up the RV. They were not long in picking me up at the Stanley Park Visitor Center. They loaded on my bike and I hugged them both. Everyone has fears and phobias that we deal with. Some can be debilitating. Parkinson's seems to have a multiplying factor for things like fear, doubt and indecision. Today I got freaked out and that bothers me. It's not the first time and I'm sure it won't be the last. In my head I was done for the day. I'm still a little freaked. Truthfully and rationally, I was in no danger and I was not alone. The whole ride experience of the day displayed on my phone is 2.1 kilometers traveled, 88 meters climbed and it took 11.11 hours. Will I get back on my bike tomorrow? Probably. But first I'm going to the store to buy a new phone because I know without a doubt I rode 40 kilometers, climbed 6 kilometers and it took the better part of the day. And I did cross the Lionsgate Bridge. How brave of him to reveal that moment-to-moment accounting of that harrowing ride. Well, and then Jim was vlogging while biking on his way to Bridalvale Falls. Hey, Jim here, obviously. So I said I would try to do this on the first really big mountain day. But I forgot, so this is a periodic update of a, I think, just over 20-kilometer length climb that takes us up over 1.1 kilometers in elevation. I'm uh, almost 6K into it. It's hard, worth it, for sure. It's a beautiful day, mid-twenties. Looking to my right, I see the the town of Osorios. I think I lost sight of Steve about five minutes ago, which is good, I held on to him for, you know, like three or four K. That's pretty good. So, uh, quarter of the way up. Uh, okay, part two. Hey, uh, good news. I actually caught sight of Steve again. And then uh, realized that he had pulled off into a spectacular view uh, lookout to take pictures. Uh probably do some push-ups and some jumping jacks before he got back on his bike wow this is uh i've always wanted to do this i've always wanted to cycle in the mountains and i am so i feel pretty lucky right now uh, it's a big effort but uh i feel lucky i'll talk to you in 8k so you can hear in uh, in in jim's voice that uh it was <laughs> A little more than he bargained for. Uh, Steve's harrowing moment, unlike these, happened before this race. It happened right after he was diagnosed. 
he was with his sisters, and they headed to Nepal. I, I climbed up to base camp, yeah. yeah, yeah like yeah, it's no big yeah. deal. Yeah. What made you do that? Um, Parkinson's. Um, uh, you know, there's a good news story to to, uh, to Parkinson's uh, that I'm that I'm not sure uh, uh, people uh, think about. When I was a, a younger, stronger man, I had set an ambition for myself of cycling across Canada. But I never did. Uh, I got Parkinson's, and all of a sudden, I got focus. Uh, things that, that were bucket list uh, were, were either do it or don't do it. It's a John Krakauer book, Into Thin Air. Uh, I read that, and I dreamed of going to, to base camp. I didn't want to go higher because I uh, everybody seemed to have bronchial infections. So I thought, well, if I, if I could just get there, uh, and of course, uh, I regarded it as having slipped away. It's still a, a, a two-week round-trip hike. It is a pulmonary strain uh, 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 to get up uh, to get up to the, that uh, level, and I thought I thought it's, it's over. <laughs> you thought what was over? The the, the, the dream of of of, uh, of, 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 uh, of pursuing that. But I have um, uh, three sisters who take good care of me. Uh, one of which said, "Let's go." Uh, so I, I started with all of them. We did we did a cycling excursion through Nepal. I always have to see the world on a, on a bicycle, uh, and then stayed on with one. And, and, and we did this this hike. Um, when you get up to, to base camp, you can actually barely see Everest. It's it's hidden behind another thing. But there's a another uh, sort of a, a smaller mountain that you can climb, uh, and. Uh, and from there you can get a you can get a great great view. By the way, I did this in the middle of winter in, in uh, February, uh, and it was okay when the when the uh, when the the sun was out, but it got bristlingly cold uh, at night. And there is no source of heat or electricity or any or anything of the of the sort on the the mountain. Uh, so I sat alone on the side of a hill in pro in the most remote region you can imagine. That day, um, the world put on a show for me. There was this unbelievable sunset on Everest. It turned the whole mountain flaming red. And I'm the only one in the world that's watching this. Uh, and, and it was in defiance of, of Parkinson's. And because of it. And because and of it. Because of it. Because of it. Tour is an example of Think Global, Act Local advocacy, which the PD Avengers embrace wholeheartedly. Yeah, seriously, the PD Avengers doing great work. Uh, yeah, I'm on the website a lot, and uh, I've actually signed up. Great. So it's uh, yeah, it's uh, the call to action, right? Yeah, and you've got one of the rare hats. I, absolutely, and spark on it. Uh, yeah, the Avengers on it. Wearing it across the country with pride. It is. Uh, it is never coming off except when I put the helmet on. Yes. And it will uh, spark conversation. It will. It, absolutely, it will. Absolutely. Uh, I see what you did. <laughs> if you own a company, there is still time to sponsor this tour. So far, just two. The big one is DeGero. DeGero provides connection, diversity, redundancy, and continuity by aggregating multiple networks into a single service. 
that sounds complicated, but really it just means they can talk to you while they're riding their bikes. We anticipate we're going to be able to do is live, the, the very live broadcasts that, 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 uh, that we hope are going to show up uh, and, and include maybe even being on the bike. Uh, the second is the Athletes uh, Care. They're an Ontario-only company, but nonetheless uh, have, have uh, uh, sponsored us uh, in, in uh, you know, a really significant way uh, out of, frankly, uh, love and appreciation for, for uh, what we're doing. Well, that's great. We'll, we'll get you, you know, 20 more sponsors. Uh, you know what? That'd be awesome. Yeah, you know, yeah. yeah, the more the merrier, right? <laughs> jump jump on the wagon, everybody. <laughs> <We're> go, <laughs> you're, you're, we can take your brand coast to coast. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Good luck. Thank you, Larry. Thanks, Larry. Not everybody has to ride across their country in order to make a difference for Parkinson's or whatever their cause is. I think they, they are an inspiration for all of us on, on really pushing our own personal boundaries and what, what is possible. They're taking something that is joyful and meaningful for them and using it to support a cause that they believe in. And that's all the advocacy means. Follow them on spinningwheelstour.ca and they're all over social media as well. This is When Life Gives You Parkinson's, a Curious Cast podcast. The presenting partner is Parkinson Canada. Diagnosed with Parkinson's, you are not alone. Parkinson.ca. Thanks also to our promotional partners, the World Parkinson Congress 2023 coming up next year in Barcelona, Spain. We'll keep checking that website. They're going to be registering people soon. WPC2023.org for details. The Michael J. Fox Foundation Parkinson's Podcast, hosted by Larry Gifford. Available on Apple Podcasts and at michaeljfox.org. PD Avengers, a global alliance of people with Parkinson's, their partners and friends, united to the cause of ending Parkinson's disease. Join us now at pdavengers.com and be sure to check out the new events calendar. Spotlight YOPD the only organization in the world with the singular focus of raising awareness of young onset Parkinson's disease. SpotlightYOPD.org. Most of the people who listen to our podcast are told about it by a friend. And you can help too by telling your friends about it or sharing it with your family. Oftentimes there's an episode that may really resonate with you. And it's a great way to start a conversation with friends or family. So your personal recommendation is the most effective way to grow our audience and continue to raise awareness about Parkinson's. You know what, if we, if I didn't have Parkinson's and we didn't have Parkinson's, we wouldn't be sitting here talking to you. Yeah. We wouldn't be going across the country. Right. We wouldn't be meeting people. And so really, it's, it's bittersweet, right? I don't like that I have Parkinson's, but I'm in control of how I react. And this, what we're doing, is sweet. Keep positive. Keep exercising. Keep listening. We'll talk to you next time.